addressing the elephant in the room, basically the heavy stigma, right? So I hope that those of you who uh, do struggle with mental health, and it, it is, like I mentioned, a prevalent thing in, within our millennial group, right? Um, I hope that you come to accept and understand that seeking professional help is a productive step. It's nothing to be ashamed of and that um, you will do this out of love and respect for your own well-being, right? And when you notice someone within your community that could be um, struggling with their mental health, don't be afraid to reach out because what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that they don't have a mental health issue, right? But honestly, the benefits outweigh that Way so much. Hi millennials, welcome to Stories Under 30 by Global Millennial Podcast. We will invite youth from all around the world to share their knowledge, experience, and their perspective to give you new insight and inspiration. We will have an intimate interview with a curated guest speaker and highlight some interesting topics like education, business, art, politics, personal story, and many more. Directly hosted by me, Mufli Dwi Fikri, the CEO of Global Millennial Group. We will meet weekly, full in English, fun, substantial, and I hope we can accompany your productive time. Last but not least, we borderless. Hi Millennials, welcome back in Stories Under 30 by Global Millennial Podcast. Now, again, of course, we have very inspiring, we have very interesting guest speakers, and today we will talk more regarding the topic that actually a lot of people, especially Gen Z generations, talk all almost all the time, which is the mental health. <laughs> so our guest speakers today is aspiring consultant and mental health and sustainability advocates. Without further ado, we just call Miss Logan. Hey Logan, how are you? Hi, I'm great. How are you? I'm fine too. Thank you. And maybe Logan, yeah. can you please introduce more regarding yourself, please? To us. All right. Uh, okay. Hi, millennials. So yes, my name is Lorraine. Uh, this year I'm 21. I'm a psychology major and mental health ambassador at Monash University, Malaysia. So I like to consider myself a jack of all trades, master of some, right? So I've had experiences in product development, marketing, research, uh, analysis, but currently I'm a consultant at 180 degrees consulting Kuala Lumpur. So uh, yeah, other than that, I'm also a member of um, Monsters Among Us in Malaysia, where mm -hmm. we fight against child sexual abuse. And lastly, I also advocate for mental health and sustainability. Oh, wow. Okay, you're 21 years old, but you already have a lot of consulting. <laughs> that was amazing. Okay, but you're majoring psychology, right? Yes. Yeah, so maybe can you please tell a story from that one? Why did you choose to in psychology? Right, why psychology? I get this question actually very, very often. Um, a little backstory, I actually come from a full science background. So I was full on biology, chemistry, physics, everything with um, the angle in mind to enter medicine in psychiatry. Mm. But after college, I kind of like got more work experience into like the entrepreneurial startup culture. And um, I started to appreciate work that involves creativity, challenge and flexibility a little bit more. So that's why um, I entered and applied for a psychology degree with 
um, the intentions in mind to apply my fascination of the mind and behavior as well as like the analytic, analytical and critical thinking skills that I could get from a psychology degree um, into you know any future job that I want because a psychology degree is so flexible and I think understanding yeah. people yeah. benefits like honestly any job and it can you know impact di- indirectly as well in terms of communication leadership skills so yeah I see. I see. Okay, that was interesting. Okay, so you were really concerned in mental health, right? Because you become the mental health advocate, ambassador, and kind of the things. So we start from the definition itself. So what is actually the mental health, Lorraine? All right. Okay. Uh, before we go into the definitions and everything, um, I just like to put out this disclaimer out there, right? That uh-huh. I'm not a certified psychologist, counselor, okay. or therapist, or any of that sort. Not yet. So, not yet. Um, yeah. Millennials, yeah. <laughs> I'm just sharing my personal learnings and experiences with hopes that you guys can gain some value from it. Okay. So, yes, let's jump into the definition of mental health. Right. So, actually, there are. Uh, two main definitions that I really like to like drill into. So firstly, it's mental health. And secondly, it's mental disorder. Okay. okay. So these are two big um, definitions in the, you know, the whole mental health world. Right. So firstly, mental health, it refers to anyone's state of mental, mm-hmm. emotional uh, well-being. So a good mental health, basically mentally healthy, means that you're functioning well emotionally psychologically and uh, socially, right? So that's mental health. Mm-hmm. And mental disorder, on the other hand, which always gets mixed up with mental health, um, it is a mental health problem that significantly impairs an individual's normal day-to-day thoughts, feelings, behaviors. So yeah, although anyone can have like moments of poor mental health, it does not mean that um, they have, you know, mental disorder. I see. Yeah, so that's the definition. Okay, okay. And why do you think this mental health issue is very important? All right, so why is this such an important thing to understand? Um, I think I'll just, I'll just touch a little bit on um, the whole mental health spectrum first, okay? okay? So when we think about our mental health, we can think about it in a spectrum so on the one extreme end it's mentally ill and the other extreme end is mentally healthy okay so circum- uh, certain circumstances in our lives like maybe genetics environment social social economic can cause like fluctuations between uh, the spectrum um, quite constantly so it's important to understand our own mental health and just understand it in general to minimize the degree of fluctuations between that spectrum and also, you know, to lean more towards the positive end of it. And especially for millennials, our age group, um, mental health problems are very prevalent. It's like the most prevalent age group to have mental health um, difficulties. And just telling telling it to you guys that it's really normal and there's nothing to be ashamed of. Okay. Uh, okay, Logan, you already mentioned a lot of definitions, yeah, previously, yeah, there is mental health and then there is mental disorder, right? So, but technically, mental health and also mental illness is something that differs, right? So, can you, mm-hmm. please, uh, can someone actually have the, be the mentally healthy and also have the mental disorder in the same time? Okay, that's a really good question. 
And the answer is yes. So a better way to put it, I think, can be like, can someone have a mental disorder, but still be coping well in their life? And yeah, they can be. So there's two possibilities. So a person can be mentally healthy and not have a mental disorder. Or a person can have a mental disorder and still be mentally healthy. So for example, a person diagnosed with like schizophrenia or depression, they can be men- mentally healthy too if they can cope well with their conditions um, socially, emotionally, psychologically. So yeah, that's a misconception that always happens. I see, I see. Okay. Uh, what I see is mental health is something different with like uh, physical health, right? So if physical health, the cause is very clear. For example, it can be from virus or maybe the weather or maybe if you lack of exercise, something like that. So you can have a physical health problem, right? So, but what is the causes of mental health problem itself? Because I'm not really clear that how can someone have the mental health problems? Okay, that's a good question, right? Like you mentioned, so physical health, that's very like obvious signs and causes, right? But for mental health, it's, yeah, for mental health, it's not so direct. So um, we can understand this by understanding that there's no direct cause, there's no one direct cause, but it's in fact is an exposure to different risk factors and, you know, the accumulation of it. And it also depends on person to person. So it depends on their context, like for example, their cultural background, or maybe, you know, their resiliency and their response to what happens to them. So um, one framework that we like to use in terms of mental health is the biopsychosocial framework. So this framework basically explains how all aspects of um, a person's livelihood links together to affect, you know, our mental health. So bio can be, you know, physical health. Uh, Psycho would be thoughts and emotions. Social will be social and environmental. So yeah, they all accumulate to um, affect one another. I see, I see. Okay, now how would the indicator itself how can I know if my mental health is unwell? I mean, like, sometimes I also feel stressed, sometimes I'll feel so tired, and so on and so forth. So how do I know that, oh, I have a mental health problem? Do I must go to the psychologist, or how is that doing? Okay, that's great. So you mentioned that sometimes we feel a little bit tired, we feel a bit stressed, right? And But how do we know that, oh no, that stress is actually a mental health problem? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Yeah. So we all, we all feel stressed from time to time. These are just um, mental health problems that are reactions to our daily stresses. Mm. You know, it could um, arise from like maladaptive uh, reactions to, you know, maybe uni assignments or work stress. Yeah. But most importantly, how do we recognize that it's developing into something more serious, like a mental disorder? Or, you know, how do we recognize that we have it? So we can kind of like uh, differentiate this into two points. So firstly, you have to take note whether the changes changes are significant. So if the changes are sudden and dramatic in your mood and behavior, right? So for example, extreme anger, sudden isolation, or maybe some suicidal tendencies or delusions, uh, yeah, or rapid weight loss, it could signify that you're maybe having a... Um, eating disorder, 
major depressive disorder. So that's the first point, the significance of the change. And second, this is the most more important point, which is the prolonged effect of it. So uh, for example, a prolonged uh, lack of motivation or energy, maybe you're losing interest in the hobbies that you used to be like really, really passionate about, right? Or maybe you're feeling sad for weeks. This could be an indication of uh, a develop developing mental disorder. Okay. That is like I have a lot of questions about that. Okay, so for example, I have lost my interest to my hobbies, for example. But do I must go to psychologist for that one? Or yeah, just let it be, just trying to find a new passion on it? I mean, like, I, I just believe this is like a normal pace of the life, right? You're growing off some things and then you want to try something new, mm-hmm. trying a new challenge. What do you think about that? All right, so where do we draw the line, right? Where do we draw the line that it's like a normal thing, like yeah. just a change that we like, or whether it's a, a mental disorder. So um, the key thing here is that whether it's affecting your daily, uh, day-to-day functions. So hmm. let's go back to the biopsychosocial model, right? So whether it's affecting bio, your physical health, if you see any signs of other physical um, effects. Psycho, so your behaviors, other behaviors, maybe social can be how it's affecting your social life as well. So when you notice, let's say I'm starting to lose interest in my hobbies, like volleyball, for example, hmm. is there other is there other um, effects like um, other signs, for example, um, for example, in my physical health, perhaps whether I'm experiencing um, sudden stress that comes out of nowhere, you know? So usually it comes together with other factors. Yeah. I see, I see, I see. Okay, uh, back again, if I come back to uh, physical health, yeah. We can do uh, some prevention. Mm. We can do some sports, exercise, or maybe we just go wake up in the morning and then eat something that healthy, eat food, something like mm-hmm. that, to maintain our physical health. How about the mental health? How we can prevent uh, our mental health problems itself. All right. Okay. Good question. So, just like how any advice would be the same for physical health, there is no quick solution. All right. So, some advice may sound a little bit boring, uh, may sound a little bit mundane. For example, um, taking care of your physical health. So, taking care of your physical health in terms of a balanced diet. Uh, moderating your alcohol, moving your body every day, you know, this advice, it works, but it sounds a little bit boring. So my advice would be to add some element of fun into it, you know, perhaps reward yourself a little bit after, um, after going for a sports event with your friends to move your body, you know? So yeah, that's my advice. And secondly, um, another way that we can also, use to improve our overall well-being is to learn ways to handle our hardest days okay the hardest days like you're just bombarded with stress on that day so firstly learn how to talk to yourself kindly it's an aspect of you know self-compassion and secondly find one healthy coping mechanism that you can turn to whenever you're facing these like really hard days so for me it will be like shutting off my mind completely from work 
and just taking a jog and journaling. Yeah. And my last one would be breaking up your current routine. Okay. So especially during the pandemic now, we're all like maybe locked up in our houses, um, you know, social distancing. Um, we all tend to form routines, like strict routines, like, okay, morning work, afternoon um, assignments, night read, maybe. Yeah. But breaking up this, you know, this mundane routine actually does really, really well for our mental health. So for example, it could be the smallest things in your routine, maybe changing your jogging route, um, studying at the new spot in your house, trying out a new sport with your friends. So yeah, just a change of pace in your routine could really rejuvenate and could act like a refresher in your life. You know, we all need that from time to time. Okay, I see. I've become interested with your statement of have the happy coping mechanism, right? So doing doing something that mm-hmm. fun, sometimes if you have very hectic day, very crowded day. But this is actually very tricky, especially for me, let's say. Apparently, uh, uh, I'm uh, leading a company, right? So I have a lot of tasks every day. Mm. So I, one of my happy topic mechanism is playing gym. It's, 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 yeah. When I when I play gym, I I, I know you know it just feel is very happy. Uh, I can yeah. I can shut off my mind for a moment. But the thing is, after I play my gym, and then oh shit, my tasks a lot of <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any time again. So, but you know what? But if I continue my task, I can do it. So, do you have any recommendation or maybe suggestion? I believe that a lot of people doing a say have a same problem with me. So, we know sometimes we know that okay, we need to take a break for a moment. But we also know right. there is no time for for break, even for only one or two hours. What do you think about that? Right, right. Okay. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Honestly, for me as well, during my own, when I'm doing my own coping mechanisms, like maybe taking a jog, when I come back, I just look at my bunch of tasks and like, oh no, like, damn, there's there's still so much to do. But I think this really takes a whole reframing of your mindset when it comes to your coping mechanism. So it really helps really helps when we look at our coping mechanisms or maybe like our de-stressing activity. Lah. For example, for you, it's gaming, right? Yeah. It really helps if we look at it as actually something productive. It's a productive step for our mental health. So why I say productive is because when you come back from gaming, right, your, your brain is, uh, you know, your brain is refreshed. It's a new blank slate, you know. And when you look at your assignments, your work, you come with a whole fresh mind, and you just feel a little bit, a little bit less tired. And actually, it's um, productive in a sense that you, since you're relaxed, your body and your mind is relaxed. You can actually get more work done and be, you know, more productive. Yeah, I I become relaxed as I win the game. If I'm not I'm not relaxed actually. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, anyway, so I believe that a lot of people have friends that have a mental health problem. Even for me, that some of my staff and and so on have a mental health problem. So I, I'm not really sure how what kind of stuff that I must do to help them. I mean, like, back again, if to physical health, oh, I know, oh, I can bring him to doctor, or maybe if he have, for example, headaches, or I can give him or her, like, a medicine, and so on and so forth. But as the individual, 
how we can support or help the people with the mental health problem? Okay, yes, good question. Right, so helping our peers with mental health, if we, if we notice that they're struggling, okay, um, it all starts from, it starts from the littlest things, the really small things that we do, all the way to the bigger things. The bigger things can be like, you know, referring them to a, a professional for help. But I just touch a little bit more on the little things that we can do. So, um, firstly, some advice, <laughs> don't, don't try to diagnose your friend don't try to like like hey yeah i think you have depression i think you have anxiety don't try to put yourself in the shoes of a professional right leave that to the professionals yeah it, it will just like make your friend more anxious you know so don't try to diagnose your friends secondly don't try to provide empty affirmations or toxic positivity don't say things like it will be over soon or like, um, I'm sure you can get through this. Because you don't know how severely they're actually, um, you know, they're actually experiencing it. Um, thirdly, disempowering comments. So comments like, things could be much worse. Or you don't look depressed. Maybe like, oh, just go out more. Just go out and socialize more. This, these are disempowering comments, which may, um, maybe to you, it feels like it, it comforts them a little bit, but actually for your friend, it's not really helpful, right? Um, yeah, so more practical steps can be perhaps providing practical support. So like I mentioned, referring them to a professional if they don't have the, the network or connection for it. Mm. Maybe running errands together. Mm. Um, and another practical step could also be like celebrating with them just the small steps that they are taking. Yeah, the small stuff that they're taking. Just be by their side, celebrate with them. Um, yeah. I see, I see, I see. Okay, that's cool. That was amazing. Okay, so uh, and what do you think about the society awareness of the mental health? So what do you think? How can society get awareness regarding the mental health? And also how we can challenge the stigma to the mental health itself? What do you think about that? All right. Okay, so for society and uh, raising awareness, Right, so when we talk about society, it really comes down to what um, everybody individually does collectively, right? So it really starts with the individual itself. So um, I think I, I'll share three points that I think are very, very relevant to the millennial group that's listening in. Okay, so the firstly is uh, educate yourself about mental health literacy. So be able to uh, recognize specific disorders, the risk factors, you know, um, develop an attitude that supports help seeking. Okay, so that's mental health literacy. Secondly, is to share your stories, share openly about like your own mental health stories, especially, you know, on social media, you know, millennials, we love social media. Yeah, this contrib contributes a lot to debunking myths that's about uh, mental health. And, you know, this helps destigmatize it as well. So, for example, a myth about mental health disorders is that maybe it's associated with violence. And another myth is that it's clearly identifiable. So the more you share these stories, the more myths are debunked and, you know, the more real awareness we actually get. Okay, and the third one, which is, uh, to me, one of the most effective ways is to participate, use your youth and your power to participate in local advocacy efforts. 
to support and expand mental health like legislation. Because, you know, policy change is one of the biggest and most impactful way you can make a difference in someone's uh, someone struggling with mental health lives. Yeah. Okay. Uh, in the second one, you mentioned that a lot of actually wrong stigma in society yes. uh, uh, about the mental health. So what do you think? How we can challenge uh, the stigma regarding the mental health itself? I mean, like, even though we already okay, nice. ourselves, like part of the youth organizations, but you know, a lot of society to have a wrong stigma about the mental health itself, right? Okay, so regarding stigma, right? So stigma, um, it is a really difficult, um, it is a really difficult uh, thing to break because it's been rooted in generations and um, you know, cultural issues, all this stuff that's combined together that actually forms the stigma around mental health, right? So I think we can start by ourselves by, um, if you're struggling with mental health, okay? If you're struggling with mental health or mental disorder, try to eliminate any self-stigma, okay? Self-stigma. So for example, recognize that you are not your mental illness, okay? Accept that acceptance, meaning like um, accepting your situation and not isolating yourself. Okay, like don't isolate yourself from a community and find one that you can support and be supported by others. Mm. Okay. Um, another way could be language, language that we use. So this is like a, quite a small point, but it's very, very powerful. So instead of calling someone bipolar, like, hey, um, yeah, bipolar or something like that. Instead, you can say a person living with bipolar disorder okay so what why why okay. because this recognizes a person first recognizes recognizes that they're a person first and their disability comes second yeah so this is like an example of language change and thirdly um thirdly i just like to call out the stigmatizing media okay so for example for example, movies nowadays, they love to portray like protagonists with like genius attributes whenever um, they mention alongside their mental disorder. Okay, so what this suggests is that mental disorder is only justified or acceptable if you have something to compensate for it, for example, skills or looks. So I can only have ADHD if I am really good at studying, something like that. So yeah, this Although it's just in movies, but it really, you know, um, roots itself in the children, in the youth that's watching it, and it shifts their values. So, yeah, when you notice this stigmatizing media, call them out. Use your voice. Call them out. Advocate for mental health. Okay. Wow. Wow. That was amazing. Okay. This will become the last question, Logan, because we have a very limited time. So, can you please maybe give the closing statement or maybe advice to... Uh, the millennials here yeah, that maybe they have the mental health problem. I'm sorry, not sure. please. All right. So um, some general advice. So uh, firstly, addressing the elephant in the room, basically the heavy stigma, right? So I hope that those of you who uh, do struggle with mental health and it, it is, like I mentioned, a prevalent thing in, within our millennial group, right? Um, I hope that you come to 
accept and understand that seeking professional help is a productive step. It's nothing to be ashamed of and that um, you will do this out of love and respect for your own well-being, right? And when you notice someone, um, uh, someone within your community that could be uh, struggling with their mental health, don't be afraid to reach out because what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen is that they don't have mental health issue right but honestly the benefits outweigh that way so much so yeah okay wow wow okay amazing thank you so much logan for having a short conversation with us it's very insightful i become more understand actually uh, how how uh, we can act as the individual to maintain our mental health and also help the others and so on and so forth once again thank you so much uh, logan And for you millennials, don't forget to always follow the GM podcast because we always uh, upload new episodes every Saturday. Thank you so much, everyone, and see you next week.